Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. later than usual sometimes uh, these are going up earlier in the morning sometimes on thursday night but due to life things uh, location change uh, for the recording of this episode it's a little bit later so i do apologize for that ahead of time but also we have like seven and a half more hours to wait than usual for a game on saturday so uh, that we're a few hours late today is not that big of a deal i'm anthony broom the team site producer and managing editor over at mason brew and we're going to do kind of a quick little overview and preview of this this Michigan-Notre Dame game. And before we do that, you know, I'll go through some of the keys to victory. I'll give you my prediction. We'll talk about some of the storylines. I think I want to open up, and this isn't really something I planned on doing, especially being that it's just me today. I want to kind of talk about the state of this series in general. Uh, this is currently the final scheduled game uh, between Michigan and Notre Dame now. That was also the case in, I believe, 2014, whatever that last year of Brady Hoke was as well. Um, so, And it sounds like there are conversations there to keep this going. Now, how is Michigan, Michigan going to make that work? I mean, are they going to squeeze them in in these same years where, like, next year you start a home-and-home home series with Washington? You've got them with UCLA, Texas, Oklahoma in the next seven or eight years. Uh, are you going to double-dip and put Notre Dame on there in the schedule somewhere? I don't know about that. I tend to think that... It would probably best suit them if they if they wanted to slot Notre Dame back into their the schedule rotation to maybe do it 
when one of these home-and-home home series isn't going on, and I don't have that up in front of me, perhaps I should have scheduled uh, or, or been a little more prepared here. But it's the series in general. I mean, I don't, I don't think it needs to still happen. I know it's fun for the traditionalists, and I won't say the olds, but uh, for the older fans of college football, the more traditional college football fans out there, yeah, it, it is when these two teams meet on the field that with that winged helmet bashing against that, that golden dome, that is one of the more picturesque sights that you could possibly see in college football. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Uh, with that said, Michigan, and this isn't the, you know, this isn't cocky Michigan man speak or anything like that. I don't think it does them any benefit to schedule this than other, other than to keep some of the older, more traditional fans happy. Because last year you got screwed. You had to go to Notre Dame. After the last time you played them, you were at Notre Dame. And you had to play them to start the year in a night game. When you look at how a lot of these schedules have kind of worked themselves out, I mean, they're going to open on the road, I think, in a lot of these home-and-homes coming up, which does not benefit Michigan, especially when you consider the fact that there's a good chance they could lose those opening games. You think Twitter's bad now, especially if, if Jim Harbaugh is still around when, when that happens. I mean, it's going to be nuclear. I don't think they need to do Notre Dame the favor or the courtesy of playing this series because Notre Dame won't join a conference. And they're like the last bastion of a power, a national power remaining independent. Now, they're technically sort of part of the ACC in football because they play the crap that the ACC throws out there every year. And I think next year they get Clemson, so it does change a little bit. But I don't like... I don't like rewarding them for not, you know, if you want to play teams in the Big Ten, you want to play Michigan, you want to play Michigan State, join the conference. I mean, I'd gladly, you know, I'd boot out Rutgers yesterday and slide someone from the West over to the East to get Notre Dame in the West. Might actually be competitive Big Ten championship games. I don't think they need to continue this series. It'd be cool to play them every once in a while, sure, but... You know, until Notre Dame kind of gets off of its high horse about this whole ordeal, it benefits Michigan in no way. Especially now, you're sitting—I mean, just this year—you're sitting at five and two. Notre Dame comes in in the middle of conference play. Really, not even the middle. Like we're at the tail end of this now. There's a month left in the season, you guys. I don't think it's been all that fair, so. It's cool. Uh, The first ever Michigan game, football game I ever went to as a fan was that 2009 game. Awesome. Great memories of that. But, I mean, (laughs) I, I don't, it's not being cocky. It's just, why get into a series if you get nothing out of it? So that's kind of the way I feel about that. Let's get into the preview portion of the podcast here. Uh, like I said before, you're welcoming Notre Dame to Ann Arbor. Final scheduled time. Uh, you played them last year, lost 24-17, though that game was kind of similar to the Penn State game in that 
yeah, the score was close at the end, but it really was never quite as close as the score indicated. These two teams, the programs, the, the, the classic look, they mirror each other in just about every imaginable way. And while it is a rivalry game, but it's not, it's not Michigan State, it's not Ohio State, I mean, I'll, I'd argue it's not even, you know, Penn State, Wisconsin. I think those are better matchups, better, I don't know. It, it is by definition a rivalry game. And like I said before, when these two meet on the field, especially, you know, some of those night games at, at Michigan Stadium, I mean, I have the one of those panoramic fo- photos from Under the Lights 1, which I believe was, what, 2011? Yeah, and it hangs over, you know, it hangs over my television. It's awesome. Wasn't a big fan of the alternate jerseys for either team, but still cool nonetheless. So I think both teams, uh, you look at where they're at, they're coming into this game trying to notch a signature win. Um, Georgia, or I'm sorry, uh, Georgia beat beat the Irish, and, and kind of that loss at Georgia close is in some ways Notre Dame's signature win. They have beat Virginia. They have beat USC. Beaten Louisville as well. But when you look at their schedule, Michigan is kind of the only thing that really could keep them out of college football playoff contention. Because from here on out, not that it's a cakewalk, but Notre Dame should be able to handle their business regardless of what happens tomorrow. And for Michigan, I mean, what's your signature win so far this year? Army? Illinois? Iowa? Iowa's probably the one. And I know people say there's not a lot to play for still. I mean, you're not playing for the Big Ten title, no. You're not playing for a chance to go to the playoff. That's disappointing. But the chance of finishing the regular season 10-2 and is still there. Heck, even finishing at nine and three. If you could finish nine and three and win a bowl game, I think you could salvage some goodwill. It'd be the fourth ten win year in five years for Jim Harbaugh. But more, more, more than anything else, I mean, you're playing for pride and, and you're trying to close out this year on a high note. Vegas line has been interesting in this game. Uh, Michigan opened as a four point favorite right off the bat, and almost instantly it was bet down to two and a half. And then as the week has gone on, Notre Dame has now kind of stepped ahead as a one-point favorite. Now, Michigan doesn't lose this matchup at home. They haven't lost at home to Notre Dame since 2005. Won the last four meetings in Ann Arbor. Seven of the last eight at home. But Notre Dame being the slight favorite, that could be that's an important distinction here because now we're talking about another storyline, which is that under Jim Harbaugh, Michigan is 0-9 as an underdog. Obviously, last weekend was the most recent setback in that regard. And I, I don't think the fact that it doesn't change the outlook of the game, but it's just one of those things like, hey, you have a chance now, if you are the Vegas underdog, you have a chance to technically get an underdog win, though I don't think this would be a massive upset or anything like that. So Michigan, when they play these types of games at home, um, you know, by my count, I think they're seven and three under ranked teams under Harbaugh at the Big House. 
All three of those losses came to top 10 teams, which again, that's another stat. I believe they're 1 in 10 against top 10 teams under Harbaugh. Number 7, Michigan State. Number 8, Ohio State in 2015. Number 8, Ohio State in 2017. The one win they got was number 8, Wisconsin in 2016, when they won 14 to 7. And that's when you look at the weather report for this Saturday, I know, I mean, I'll give you my game prediction, but I certainly don't expect it to be right. It's, it's going to rain, folks. It's raining sideways. So this this Notre Dame team that's coming to Ann Arbor is a little bit different than the one we saw last year. They've lost some talent, uh, but I think obviously the biggest difference comes in the form of the quarterback that you're going to see. Uh, Ian Book, he's much more of a pocket passer than Brandon Wimbush was. Um, Wimbush kind of more of a guy that was going to hurt you with his legs. And make no mistake about it, Ian Book can still pop a run, and, and he's still mobile and can make plays on the run. But this, this is a guy who, you know, he's – he is a quarterback by definition. He can throw the football. Ian Book, uh, I think they've only they've only lost the two games. They've lost in the college football playoff to Clemson last year, who would go on to win the national title, and then obviously the Georgia game this year. So far in the year, he's got fourteen hundred over 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns, two picks. Like I said, he can't pop a run. Um, but like I said, I think they want to use what those weapons are. And, and a couple of those weapons are gone. Miles Boykin and uh, Elise Mack are not there. Um, moved on after last season. But Chase Claypool, uh, Cole Komet, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Those guys have stepped in fine and are two, two of the guys that will lead the way in that passing game. Big, you know, the thing about it's a little bit of a different challenge this week defensively where Penn State was – K.J. Hamler, game-breaker. Whereas I think what Notre Dame brings to the table, and this is, again, kind of how they mirror Michigan, is that their their weapons in the passing game are taller and physical guys. So I do think this has a chance to be you know one of those bar fight type of football games. But the key for Michigan is going to be going up against an offensive line that, that the Irish have that, you know according to pro, pro Football Focus, leads the nation in pass block efficiency. This is going to be a quitty pay game. It's going to be a Josh Uche game, Aiden Hutchinson game, Carlo Kemp, Michael Dwumfor. These, this, I think that this might be the best team they've seen in the trenches this year to this point. As a complete unit, Iowa had a couple NFL guys. Wisconsin, we know what the drill is there. But that defense, Don Brown, I know there's there's been a lot of questions about him this week, and rightfully so. They're going to have their hands full. Um but, like I said, the quarterback's not quite as mobile as Wimbush, who was not good last year but had the game of his career against Michigan. They don't have a K.J. Hamler type of game breaker. They have a lot of different guys. Now it looks like Jafar Armstrong might be back this week at running back. That could be big for the Irish. So it's going to be a different type of challenge this week. And I think that it's going to be a physical game. Hopefully the flags kind of stay in the pockets, let, let the two teams play, because like I said, I think it's going to be, you know, if you're a fan of physical, low-scoring football, I think there's a good chance that, that this game is, is going to be right up your alley. Uh, as far as the offense goes, I, I think that Michigan's offense sort of turned a corner last week after they put that slow start behind them. Seems like they started to figure out the passing game, or at least targeting the tar- targeting those guys you want to see. 
Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Ronnie Bell, God bless his soul. So assuming they catch the football, and you guys are going to have the time between now that you're listening to this and when the game starts on Saturday, go, go watch the USC game that Notre Dame played. USC was able to kind of find and exploit some one-on-one matchups uh, in, in the passing game. And, and I think when you're looking at a wide receiver room that you know, Ronnie Bell has kind of been the poster boy this week for some of the struggles, but a lot of those guys had, didn't play very well last week. But asking all year for them to step up and start getting targeted and things like that, you got to catch the football. I think there's a good opportunity there for these guys to bounce back. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. I'll come back. I'll wrap things up with uh, some predictions, with some fill-in-the-blank stuff, and then we'll close it out and move on to Notre Dame. So we'll be right back here on the Maze and Brew Podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back here on the Maze and Brew podcast here on a Friday, October 25th. I'm Anthony Broom, team site producer and your guide uh, through this little pregame edition of the show. It's looking like there's a good chance it'll be just me for the postgame show as well. Um, Trevor, we'll, we'll both, Trevor and I will be at the game Saturday, of course, as we always are. Uh, but I believe he's got to, I mean, he's got an early train to catch. And, and like I said, these, these night games, while you guys might think they're cool, I'm not complaining because I have a great job. Media people are usually there till about 2, 2.30 in the morning. So, say a prayer for your uh, your Big J journalist friends out there. But we're talking about Michigan's matchup with number 8 Notre Dame. Uh, I want to go through a couple of uh, what-if scenarios. Uh, namely, Michigan wins if, Notre Dame wins if. So I'll start with Michigan. I think that... Um, if you Michigan can win this game if they put a slow start behind them, which at home, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I I believe on the road against ranked teams, they've been outscored 63-3 to in the first quarter. That sounds right. But I think on the flip side of that, when they play those types of games at home, they usually roar out to, you know, I think it's 55-7 to is the score. Even that, you know, you think back, even that 2017 game against Ohio State, they went up, what, 14 nothing, 14-3 after the first quarter in that game? So it's just, 
and I think that's where the biggest disconnect is right now, is when this team goes on the road, they're just not as, I don't know, fired up or mentally locked in. And that is coaching, and that's, that's not acceptable. Michigan wins most of these games at home. They do. You know, people say that Jim Harbaugh doesn't win big games. They've won some big games. They haven't won the most important games. But I think to say they don't win big games, they haven't won one big game consistently, and that's, that's that game the, the last weekend of the year. Even if they convert on one of those. And I'm going to go off on a little bit of a sidebar here. There's all this talk about you know, Michigan. This is the best Ohio State's ever been, and we can't expect Michigan to, you know, two teams in, in a rivalry are rarely ever great. You know what? That's fine. I get that. You've blown two opportunities on your own. 2016, I know the JT was short stuff. I know that's everyone's favorite meme. I think you had five total offense, five total yards of offense or something ridiculously low in the fourth quarter. You couldn't close that game out. Last year's game in Columbus, you never even got off the bus. Those are two opportunities. Michigan's had a chance to win the Big Ten, beat Ohio State twice, and they failed both times. That is a failure. Jim Harbaugh's Jim Harbaugh is not a failure. Disappointment, sure. Failure, no. Brady Hoke was a failure. Rich Rod was an unmitigated disaster. But failure, no. That's, that's hyperbole, and we're not doing that here. But that's a conversation for another day. Back to reality here. I think Michigan wins this game if they get the slow start. Put that out of their brains. Keep making the strides you did last week uh, offensively and limit big plays. Like it, it's, it shouldn't be that simple, but it is. Don't make mistakes on offense and don't make mistakes on defense. Bam, there's football. So that's exactly what sort of doomed them in this matchup last year. And I think that if it, it really, to me, just boils down to if you come out and you just start well and don't shoot yourself in the foot, I think you'll win this football game. Now, on the flip side... Notre Dame can win this game if Michigan starts slow. Turnover woes reemerge. Miscues return. Michigan's defense should be able to slow them down. I, I think this is a somewhat favorable matchup for them. But if you can't pressure the quarterback, you know, if, that, if that Notre Dame offensive line continues to hold up as it has, it's going to be a long day. You don't want to get pushed over while this team tries to get back to the college football playoff. You know, if we're if we're playing that game, if this you know we're going to lump Notre Dame into Michigan State, Ohio State, though I think there's there's definitely a gap in importance between those level of rivalries. All three of those teams have been to the college football playoff, and you haven't. Guys, if Michigan State can do it, so can you. Michigan State can win the Big Ten, so can you. If Notre Dame can get to the college football playoff, though their road is usually much easier, especially if they just beat you, you can do it. I'm, I believe in you. You can do this. You got this. So as far as a game prediction goes, um, 
And obviously that stuff isn't going to happen this year. I'm just saying I don't think that it's so hopeless that Michigan can compete. It's very defeatist. And for a fan base and kind of a community that, you know, kind of puffs their chest out and, and, you know, leaders and best and those who stay will be champions, that a lot of those people that puff out their chest also say, well, we do things the right way, and that's why we're not winning. That's an excuse. Again, this is a, a Notre Dame preview. I don't want to get into the other stuff, but it bothers me. But for this game, I expect Michigan to come out and play loose. Like, what? Why? There's nothing to be uptight for. You can't win the Big Ten title now, or it will take an act of the football gods. I think Penn State has to lose three times in conference, and Ohio State has to lose two. I don't know about that. Why not play loose? There's there's no pressure on them at all to win this game. If they lose it, people will keep saying the mean things they've said. But if they win it, people will also keep saying the mean things that they've said. Just, just go out and have fun win a football game. All of the pressure is on Notre Dame because they don't have anything else standing in their way for a potential 11-1 season. Now, if Michigan goes out and wins, does that kill some of those narratives? No. You could certainly chip away at them, and that's all you can do now is chip away. Those numbers are what they are, but it doesn't have to define you moving forward. So a win for Michigan is going to cross off three boxes. It'd be a top-10 victory, a rivalry game, and their first as an underdog over Jim, uh, under Jim Harbaugh. You say there's not a lot to play for. I think that's important. To get all three of those out of the way, and that's not just, you know, you don't rest on that and say, oh, well, look, we can do it. Let's just stop doing it moving forward. It's just like, it's one of those things where once you see you can do it, you'll start playing better. So I, I think in the eyes of a lot of fans, winning out might be the only thing that saves this season. And to a certain extent, I'd agree. I think... 9-3, and three, while winning this game on Saturday, competing against Ohio State, I think that would be successful for me. Based on, Not successful in terms of what our expectations were. I picked this team to go 11-1 and one and win the Big Ten. Or I picked them at least to go 11-1. and one. But if they lose this one, it feels like they're probably looking at 8-4. and four. So I think this team will keep uh, the, their chances at 9-3, and 10-2 and two alive. Uh, I think they will win this game. Uh, my prediction in the game preview that's up on the website said 27-21. Uh, I'm kind of with the weather outlook. I'm starting to feel like it might be one of those 16-14, 14-13 type of games. But regardless of what the score is, I mean, I think it will be certainly a little, below score, a little more low scoring. If you're a betting person, I'd take the under. Over-under set at 50 points where we stand today. I do think Michigan will win. And whether you think it matters or not, whatever. Um, winning is important when we don't get a lot of these weeks. And, and to beat Notre Dame and, and send, them, send them out of this rivalry for now with their tail between their legs like, you were, like they did to you in 2014, I think that's important. So 
Number eight, Notre Dame against number 19, Michigan. Uh, kickoff set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. It'll be Chris Fowler, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet, Maria Taylor on the television call. Uh, like I said, Notre Dame is a, a one-point favorite. I think Michigan will win. So um, that's going to do it for us here. High above, uh, I'll just say it, I've been recording from inside Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit today. A little, uh, little remote experience for us as I... Usually Friday is an off day, but we do what we do here. Uh, so uh, I've been Anthony Broom. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. You can follow the website on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Like us on Facebook and Instagram as well. You can get all of our shows and podcasts at Maze and Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your shows. That'll do it for us today. We'll talk to you after the Notre Dame game, and hopefully we're talking about a Michigan win. So thanks again, and we'll talk again soon.